We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Listen to the September 11, 2017 College Football Show, a Road of His Radio podcast presented by my bookie. I'm Kyle Pollock on Twitter at KylePollockFF, and joining me is my co-host Jordan Hoover on Twitter at jhoover9787. Jordan, how you doing tonight? I'm good, Kyle. Um, had a great night of college football last night. Uh, four pretty incredible games. I was having a little bit of uh, remote fatigue, flipping back and forth, trying to keep an eye on everything that was going on. Um, Watched pretty much all of Ohio State, Oklahoma, great game, uh, team team Mayfield, and uh, him planting the flag at midfield afterwards, uh, it's pretty bold. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. I'm really glad that we had that uh, pretty amazing slate of college football games because um, NFL was a little bit rough to watch today. Uh, so yeah, I'm just ha- a bit. Yeah, so I'm hanging my hat on... Uh, hanging my hat on college football on Saturday night. And uh, we had some good action during the day, too, on Saturday, which we're going to get to at some point here soon. Yeah, I wish uh, wish they did a little bit of better job spacing out those games, though, because it's kind of tough when there's four top 25 matchups going on at once, and then afterwards there's nothing, and before there's no top 25 matchups. So kind of wish they figured that out a little bit. But can't complain, good football games. So uh, pretty entertaining weekend for us. Um, before we get into our recaps, we're just going to kind of go over... Um, some guys that stood out, uh, not necessarily in games that, you know, outstanding games like there were on Saturday night, but just, you know, some top performers from the weekend. Uh, so first up is, uh, uh, you know, former Heisman Trophy winner, um, 
known throughout college football. Lamar Jackson had another tremendous game yesterday against North Carolina. Uh, I know me and you both love him, but um, he passed for uh, 393 yards and three touchdowns. And as most of us know, he can also do it on the ground. Um, had sorry, had uh, 19 carries, 132 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground as well. So I think he's the first player. Uh, I don't remember the exact time frame in like 20 plus years to have back-to-back games with 300 plus passing yards and 100 plus rushing yards. Um, but Jackson kind of just, you know, doing what he usually does. Um, I know the North Carolina linebacker this week said uh, he wasn't going to let Jackson run on run on them, and uh, Jackson did just that. So another impressive performance for him. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty wild watching that game because that was an early kick. It was a noon game um on ESPN and it was pretty wild watching that game and being on Twitter at the same time and seeing the divide um nice. half half of Twitter is saying he's the most amazing thing ever and the other half is saying he's um you know they're questioning whether he can play quarterback at the next level and I I personally don't know if we know the answer to that yet but we've talked about Jackson on this show many times before and like you said, we're both on his side. Um, I, you know, I was looking coming into the season. What people most wanted to see was an improvement in accuracy, pocket awareness, um, going through reads, and there were there were numerous instances in that game on Saturday against North Carolina where Jackson would climb the pocket, go from read to read to read, step up and make throws. And I went back through his career game logs. And over the last two games this year against Purdue and North Carolina, um, he's completed 65% and 64% of his throws in back-to-back games. And you obviously mentioned the gaudy yardage numbers, but but just from a percentage, uh, completion percentage perspective, that's only the second time in his career that he's put back-to-back 64-plus percentage games together in, in a row. And some people would say, well, that just means that he's really inconsistent and not a good passer. But I am one to believe that this might be a trend that's building and that he may have actually made strides as a as a pocket passer he he's an incredible runner he always will be but if he continues to string together games like this where he's going over 60 percent passing uh, completion percentage and not turning the ball over making reads I just don't really know what there is to gain in doubting him at this point because we just don't know to me He's not my top-ranked quarterback in this class in 2018, but as of right now, he has the highest upside, in my opinion. 100% agree with that. Um, another impressive performance this week came from, uh, during another 12 o'clock game, actually, um, Wisconsin freshman running back Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Taylor last week uh, split time a little bit, had nine carries for 87 yards, but this week he kind of exploded. 26 carries, 223 yards, three touchdowns for the true freshman against team we've talked about a lot that is now 0-2, um, Florida Atlantic with Lane Kiffin. Um, Taylor's a guy I really liked coming out um, of high school. I think he was kind of an underrated back as a recruit, and now he's kind of, looks like he's stepping up to be that next great Wisconsin back. Um, I don't know if he'll necessarily get 26 carries every game. I mean, um, backup Chris James had 16 carries. And Bradrick Shaw, who started the last game, um, didn't have any carries. I'm not sure if he was out or not. I didn't wasn't able to catch any of this game. But um, 
you know, Taylor showed that he can handle the load in this game. I think, you know, like I said, I don't know if right now he'll be the guy, but I think by the end of the year he'll definitely be probably that next Wisconsin back um, for them. So he's a guy I'm really excited about and kind of someone who I think will carry their offense going forward. Yeah, um, he's he's shown what he can do so far in a limited sample. Um, almost nine yards a carry over the first two games, four touchdowns, uh, 310 yards. Like you said, I, I agree. I think that he probably won't be a 25-plus carry a guy every single week because there are uh, capable runners alongside him. But going down the road, uh, looking toward the future, I, I completely agree. He looks like he's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, another highly touted guy, a lot of Twitter loves. I know you and I both love him. Cortland Sutton from SMU. Uh, we'll be talking about them later when we preview this week's games too. Um, had eight catches for 163 yards and four touchdowns, which I was very happy to see after he kind of had a, a little bit of a, a down week to start the season. Glad he kind of rounded back into form. But this is the Sutton we all know and love, kind of you know coming out and dominating that passing attack. Um, this was one of the best games of his career. Four touchdowns on eight catches is pretty amazing, and that's why he's a lot of people wide, uh, a lot of people's wide receiver one for next year. Yeah, he's he's my wide receiver one as well. Um, and like you said, it is encouraging to see him get some more touchdown production. Uh, 2015 and 2016, he hit nine and ten touchdowns respectively, which is which is adequate. Um, but he's already at five for the season. Obviously, four last games. So we'll see how that evens out, but. If he can continue to improve, improve in the touchdown area, uh, it's just an added bonus on top of what we know he, what we already know he can do. Right. Um, one guy that I think is a little underrated. I'm not sure if he'll get drafted, but uh, he had a very impressive performance this week. Is D'Angelo Brewer, running back from Tulsa, uh, had 38 carries this week for 262 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Tulsa put up 66 six points, uh, kind of a shootout game against. Uh, Louisiana, but he's an explosive back. Uh, reminds me a little bit of uh, Jarek McKinnon type of guy. Um, Jarek McKinnon light, I would say, which means, you know, McKinnon hasn't gotten a ton of flying time, but he was, you know, a favorite of a lot of people on Twitter. And just kind of a very fun player to watch. Like I said, not sure if he'll get drafted, but um, an impressive performance nonetheless. And the last guy we're going to want to talk about is uh, maybe the chosen one, the Rosen one, some call him. Uh, we didn't get to talk about his game last week because it was going on while we were recording, but um, I think it, it's worth mentioning that um, Josh Rosen was able to bring UCLA back with 10 minutes in the fourth. Excuse me, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter um, when they were down 44-10, came back all the way and won, and he followed that uh, performance up this week with what might have been an even better game. Uh, he was 22 for 25 for 329 yards and five touchdowns, 98.1 QBR. Rosen showing why he definitely could be the QB1 in this year's class. Like you were saying before with uh, Lamar Jackson, if this consistency, which you know looks like it's been coming along in these past two games, if this consistency kind of sticks, um, Rosen, I don't want to say definitely will be the first pick, but he's got that prototype of you know what the NFL likes, um, at least physically and from a processing standpoint. They might not might not like his personality, like we've talked about before. But if he keeps playing like this, it's kind of going to be hard to keep him down as the top guy. Just imagine what Rosen could do if he actually cared about football. Just 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 imagine. I mean, for a dude for a dude who doesn't like football and who would rather be a commentator, um, as some people claim, 
you know, he, he's looked pretty good so far. And, and you know, jokes aside, I, I completely agree with you. The, the consistency is what we talked about in the preseason. We wanted to see more consistency, accuracy, less turnovers. And he's off to an amazing start. Um, 11.9 AYA so far through two games, which is extremely strong. Um, and as we move into Pac-12 play um, in earnest, we'll see if he can continue. But yeah, he's he's young. He has the build. His numbers are improving. Um, the air is pointing up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so those were just a couple of the entertaining games we had last night. Unfortunately, a lot of these NFL games today uh, weren't super entertaining, but uh, what might have kept them at least, you know, kept you a little bit interested today where if you had used a uh, draft like we've been talking about the ca- past couple weeks um if you haven't heard it's a it's a new fantasy app um all you do is you draft for one week it's um there's no management all you, all you have to do is set it you forget it um it's basically daily fantasy with a snake draft which i think is a very cool concept so it's a best ball snake draft um like i said daily fantasy there's no salary caps you play um in a real life draft, which is what probably everyone, I think most people's favorite part of fantasy is, is drafting. So you get to do that every week. You get to compete against a new person every week. Every week's a new season. And it's just a great way to kind of keep interested if, you know, the games aren't doing too well, if uh, your favorite team is kind of out of out of playoff contention later in the season, if your fantasy team's out of playoff contention, you get that added bonus of drafting each week along with uh, a chance to win some money. So for a limited time, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code RVRADIO. So you can play a real money game for free just for using our promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit on draft. Uh, you just have to search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com, and you can come play for free with the promo code RVRADIO. Yeah, um, so yeah Kyle, I, I was just going to add, I know that kind of like you mentioned, drafting is my favorite part of this game. Um, I love all the preseason work we do, the lead-up, and and then actually setting lineups and hopefully eventually winning championships. But for me, drafting is the key. And once that's over, it's it's weird because you do all this work and then and then the season starts and you kind of feel a little bit let down. But but like you said, with draft, you can avoid that that lonesome, lowly feeling whenever draft season is over, and you can just keep that going all the way through the season, which I think is a great way to supplement your your regular portfolio of fantasy teams. 100% agree. Um, so we're going to recap a couple of the games from this week, like we were saying. Um, the first one first one we're going to go over is uh, probably the, the biggest game of the week was Ohio State versus Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma obviously won that game. They took down Ohio State at home. Baker Mayfield planted that flag. It was kind of a slow game to start. Uh, Oklahoma obviously pulled away late. Mayfield was tremendous in that game. Uh, Trey Sermon, the true freshman running back, was also good. But Mayfield was kind of the guy that made that whole team go. Um, Ohio State was, their offense was not nearly as productive or prolific as Oklahoma. JT Barrett really struggled. He was 19 for 35, had an interception, um, no touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins uh, was productive again. Um, 13 carries, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, no receptions this week. Actually, one reception, sorry, but one for negative one yards. Um, I know a lot of people are starting to grumble about JT Barrett getting benched. I, I know I agree with that. Um, Micah Parsons, five-star uh, prospect for next year, 
considered a top five player in the country, said he knew the answer to Ohio State's offensive problems, and it's back up Dwayne Haskins. Um, I, you know, as I've said before, I agree with him. I kind of think Haskins should be starting. I think don't think Barrett has shown um, anything in his past three games, going back to the Clemson game um, last year, that he should be starting. He struggled in the first half a lot against Indiana. They obviously got blanked against Clemson, like I said, and he was pretty awful um, this week against Oklahoma. So, you know, I got nothing against the guy. Um, I'm just looking to kind of help Urban Meyer and that team out. Yeah, and uh, give credit where credit's due, man. You called it. You, you know, Haskins hasn't been named the starter or anything like that, and I do expect Barrett to be the starter next week. Um, but you called it before the season. You 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 had a feeling that this might happen. This sort of situation might unfold. It's unfolding pretty quickly right in front of our eyes, um, and it's just. It's a puzzle. It, the Ohio State offense, I was really high. I thought Kevin Wilson, offensive coordinator, coming in the offseason would, would make improvements to this offense, but they, they're they just really struggling, and there's there, there's no real playmakers on the outside. It's pretty much just J.K. Dobbins making Xbox joystick moves, and um, Mike Weber, he looked good in spots, but he's not really getting the touches, and the offense just looks out of sync, and I don't know. I, I think that they'll probably they'll probably round back into form a little bit moving forward, but this offense really is, is worrisome. And then on the other side, um, like I said in the intro, I love Baker Mayfield. That's another guy that I'm willing to go to bat for, um, another guy who's not a typical NFL prospect but I think is, is being underrated by some at this point, um, another guy that I'll probably write a thousand-word think piece on between now and <laughs> now and draft season, um, just bookmarking that for the future. And you mentioned Trey Sermon too. We talked about him a little bit before the season started. Um, I think that I think that he has earned the right to be the guy. He has 17 carries in that game, um, by far the most of any running back. And although he's a true freshman, he does not look like a true freshman. He runs with violence and power. Um, and I think he's a really good complement to what Mayfield can do through the air. So I'm hoping that Sermon continues to be the guy there. Um, looking down the road, I, I like what I've seen so far from him. Yeah, I feel like recently a lot of these young backs have been coming in early and producing. Um, you know, when I was watching this game, I was watching it with my friend, and you know, he he said the phrase uh, "running the ball is back." Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of agree with that. You just look in this game, Sermon and Dobbins, two true freshmen leading the way for both their teams in rushing yards. Barrett had more carries than Dobbins, but, you know, regardless, two young backs that I think will be shining in the next couple of years. Um, like you said, Mayfield, very interesting guy. Not sure where he'll get drafted, but um, he keeps this up. He's been one of the most productive quarterbacks in the last, you know, in recent memory. I don't, don't see how you couldn't want to draft a guy. I mean... You, you look at what he's done at it, over the course of his career, I, I would want him on my team. Uh, you know, he's kind of Johnny Manziel-esque, I would think some people would say, kind of like his play style. Um, obviously, he's not as much of a runner as uh, Manziel was. He's, I mean, not putting up 1,000-yard seasons or anything like that, but more of his pocket mobility and his ability to kind of freewheel with a playground, like a backyard playground style type of play. Um, which the NFL might not like, but I'm sure some teams will like that. Um, 
you know, as the league's getting more analytic-driven, a team like the Browns could scoop him up late. Um, I don't necessarily think he'll go super high, but I think he's kind of an intriguing player for, you know, maybe a team like Cleveland if Kaiser struggles. Yeah, and, and uh, just real quick, I wanted to throw in, um, from a coaching standpoint, I was really, really impressed with Lincoln Riley's game plan. Um, offensive mm-hmm. play calling going into the horseshoe and throwing in some really interesting wrinkles um a lot of pretty cool run plays run some run option plays that were very different looking and really effective and he's super young he's in his mid-30s um but it's easy to see why Oklahoma felt comfortable bringing him in with Stoops leaving um that's just kind of like a X's and O's tidbit but I, I was just really impressed with what Riley uh the game plan that he put together yeah, and one more thing I want to touch on. You brought up Kevin Wilson. I don't know. He's been good at his past couple stops, but that could be also part of Ohio State's, um, you know, a problem with their offense. They, you know, takes a couple of games to get adjusted to a new offense. You know, I know from watching Penn State last year, first four games. This time last year, James Franklin was was going to be fired at the end of the year, and now he just got a new extension because that offense is is booming now. You know, that's an excellent point. Give him a couple games to get get the ball rolling a little bit and you know things things could be back to normal urban Meyer's offense usually doesn't struggle that's a good point um the next game up we have is number three clemson defeating auburn clemson stayed at three after this win oklahoma jumped up to number two if you hadn't seen um the main point i would take away from this game is that clemson has the best defensive line in the nation and auburn needs to fix their offensive line clemson had 11 sacks um, Austin Bryant, who was not very productive before, um, kind of an unheralded guy on that D-line with Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence. Uh, Bryant had four sacks for the team. Um, it was just hard for Stidham to get anything going last night. Um, I don't know what his exact rushing yard rushing line was because um, college stats count sacks as rushing yards, but he had 18 carries for negative 42 yards and only 79 passing yards. Um so that Clemson defense is certainly going to keep them in games. Uh, Kelly Bryant got a little shaken up for a bit, but ended up coming back in. He played pretty well. Obviously not as impressive as his game last week, but um, overall, not a lot of takeaways, at least offensively for me. I didn't watch a ton of this game. I was more focused on the Ohio State game when this was on, but um, just that, that Clemson defense, man, they're legit and there is there going to be the reason they're a national title contender this year yeah and just a teaser as we move forward through the show clemson has a pretty big game coming up next week against someone who we might have just talked about who we both like um but yeah the defensive line is so nasty we talked about it before the game last week um it was kind of interesting uh neither team obviously auburn didn't get much going offensively but Clemson, um, their their pass distribution was kind of interesting. Deion Kane only caught two passes. Um, Ray, Ray, Ray Ray McLeod caught six, and Hunter Renfro caught nine. I don't know if that's necessarily going to continue moving forward. Kane is clearly the superior option of those three. Um, but that's something to keep an eye on with Brian under center. Um, if Kane's production kind of like levels off, dips a little bit, he's still... I think he's still a a good pro prospect, but um, that was kind of the stat line that caught my eye most. And like you said, other than that, there wasn't really much to note on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, Hopefully Kane kind of rounds back into form a little bit. I I really like him, at least from a measurable, is kind of what he brings to the table athletically. But if the production's not there, um, I think there's guys similar to him that have produced better that might get drafted a little higher. 
Um, next game for us was uh, Georgia versus Notre Dame. Uh, this was a close game all the way right down to the end. Georgia won by one point. Um, Brian Kelly will tell you at the press conference that he won by lost by one point and not one possession. Um, I saw he was floating that his weird answer to the question was floated around on Twitter a lot today. Um, but uh, Jake from okay in his first start for Georgia, 16 for 29, 141 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Notre Dame's defense is not that great, but uh, going on the road, getting a win as a true freshman quarterback, kind of thrust into action when you're not uh, expected to start. I was pretty impressed with that. Georgia running game is kind of what their offense is built on. Sony Michelle and Chubb, Nick Chubb, split carries. Each had 13 carries. Michelle had a touchdown and 73 yards. Chubb had 63 yards. Chubb looked like he was back there to his old form for a bit, uh, a little bit later in the game. And then true freshman DeAndre Swift uh, had a nice 40-yard run where he looked pretty explosive as well. Um, so that, that Georgia rushing attack is kind of what's going to be be their offense, basically. I don't trust their receivers as much as I, I like both their quarterbacks. I don't really trust their receivers or their offensive line to give uh, either guy enough time to throw. But if Georgia can kind of hang in the game with their defense and their running game, they have a decent shot to win the SEC East, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Um, like you said, Michelle and Chubb split carries. Kind of the same deal we saw in the first game. Um, you know, once is once, twice is twice. If it happens three times, it could be something to monitor. Uh, we've talked about how I, I like Michelle. I'm probably higher on him than, than most. Um, Chubb, is, Chubb is definitely the superior pro prospect, in my opinion. But Michelle, I think, is not getting quite... Uh, his due yet um so that was good to see and josh adams um i, I kind of profiled him in my um when the debbie breaks article from last week he only had 53 yards on the ground but he did catch six passes for 60 yards um and he's shown that he can kind of be a plus in the receiving game which is encouraging he's someone that i'm just going to be keeping an eye on all the way through the season um jake Fromm was you know I guess what you would expect as a true freshman going on the road night game, yada, yada, all that. Um, a little bit uneven, but it'll be interesting to see how quick Eason can get back and what happens there. And I agree with you. I think Georgia can easily win the, uh, the SEC East if they continue to run the ball. And if their defense continues to improve, I don't see why they can't. So um, encouraging mm-hmm. for Georgia. Yeah, I'm still I'm still holding on to South Carolina as my sleeper team in that division to win it. But um, I think Georgia, out of everyone else, I think Georgia kind of has the second best odds. But um, two guys I was a little disappointed with on the Notre Dame side was Brandon Wimbush, who's a guy I really like a lot. Um, didn't have a great game at all, 211 yards, but 19 for 39 passing. Um, and then who the guy who's my wide receiver one is Equinemia St. Brown, two catches for 16 yards. If uh, Cortland Sutton keeps out producing him, even though he's a little bit older, um, I think Sutton might test a little better. And with his production, I think Sutton might end up passing him at some point for me. So, you know, he's he's obviously a guy I like a lot, but um, I kind of want to see him step up a little bit this year, um, kind of really, really fully break out. Um, and the last game we're going to be... Uh, Recapping uh, Stanford versus USC. Um, this was a pretty good game. USC pulled away late. Um, they won 42 to 12, uh, 24. Excuse me. Um, Sam Darnold it 
is back. Um, I don't know if he, if he left, but um, some people panicked after that little slow start against Western Michigan last week. Um, 21 for 26, 316 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, that USC rushing attack, I think, is, is really what made the team go, though. Um, they put up over 600 yards total offense, and it was pretty balanced, 316 passing, 307 rushing, but I think Jones and, and Stephen Carr are kind of going to be the, the thing that makes that team go. If they're producing, I think then they're going to be winning games. Um, Carr had 119 yards rushing. Jones had 116. Um, Jones still carried the lion's share of the load, but um, you know, Carr's a guy we've talked about before, and we'll be talking about him again. Another one of those true freshman running back. Um, very explosive guy. Had another long run today against an impressive Stanford defense. Averaged over close to 11 yards per carry. Um, and he, he might be, you know, I know Cam Akers hasn't got played a lot, um, and he won't be playing again this week because their game got canceled, but Carr's been the most impressive freshman running back by far in my mind, uh, with Dobbins, uh, you know, pretty close second, but Dobbins wasn't able to produce against that elite, not, not elite Oklahoma defense, but, you know, much better than Indiana, and Carr was able to, you know, put it up, put up big numbers against Stanford and Western Michigan, and Western Michigan's a decent team, so been really impressed with him so far yeah all good points on usc side i just wanted to highlight bryce love because he was really impressive um 17 carries 160 yards and a touchdown um a big chunk of that came on a really long touchdown run where he showed how explosive he is uh straight line speed wise just basically ran away from the entire usc defense we know that he's fast but there were a couple instances that i saw in the chunks that i saw of this game where he you know he's under 200 pounds he's a smaller running back but he shows deceptive power when he runs I think that I I didn't quite give him enough due before the season we we looked at him as kind of like just a guy trying to fill in for Christian McCaffrey and I don't know if that was quite fair um he's showing me more than that right now I don't I don't necessarily know if he has enough to be an impact running back at the next level but this is something that we should probably be keeping our eyes on um because he's putting up he's doing really impressive things and he's showing different facets to his game that i didn't necessarily see um before the season yeah i'd like to see him get a little more involved in the receiving game um that receiving the receiving options aren't great there so i think that's a, a role he could carve out but you know like you said he's been very impressive so far 160 in this game, 180 in the first game. So, Bryce Love keeps it up. I think he's one of the more underrated backs in the country. So, um, yeah. Uh, with that, we're going to get on to our previews for the week. Oh, actually, I'll go over our records um, before we do that. So, in the games we picked, um, we both went 5 and 3. Um, we were we were even, or no, you were, you were ahead by one game in our regular picks. Um, so, you you were four and two. I was four and three, and then I hit the upset pick: South Carolina over Missouri, and Western Michigan didn't cover over Michigan State. And Missouri actually just fired their defensive coordinator um, just now. So I know we talked about well, Missouri last week and how they gave up a ton of points to uh, Missouri State and second week into the season, and he's already gone. So first coach firing. But um, after after this week, we're uh, I am ten, seven, and one, and Jordan is nine, nine, uh, eight, and one. So, pretty close right now. 
Um, like we've been telling you guys for the past couple weeks, if you want to take advantage of our picks, which we don't necessarily recommend because we're barely over 500, uh, you guys can head on over to my bookie. Um, I know I've signed up. Um, you know, Jordan signed up. Um, I wouldn't recommend this to you guys if it hasn't been good to me. Um, my bookie, if you win, you pay right away. They they have they're one of the most respected sites in the industry. Um, they do a 100% cash bonus, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing, um, and they have really fast payouts. So if you use our promo code, which is RODOCFB, like I said, you have a 100% ca cash bonus. Um, and obviously this is an exciting time of year to start betting. Um, NFL just started today. CFB's rounding into mid-season form right now. And not only that, if you sign up, um, you're eligible to win a free Rotoviz hoodie. Um, so if you sign up using the Roto CFB promo code and then forward a copy of your sign up confirmation email to rotovizradio at gmail.com, you'll be entered into a drawing for a limited edition Rotoviz athletic jacket. So sign up for my bookie, deposit money, and then forward us that email, and we'll announce the winner on a future episode. Good stuff. Yeah. Like, like Kyle uh, said, um, don't necessarily take our picks and, and throw your your entire month's uh paycheck onto it but um it's definitely a great opportunity um if you pay attention to college football i think i think there's definitely edge to be had in college football um if you're listening to the show you probably pay attention to the game i think there's a little bit more edge at cfb than there is in nfl um so just just a little bit just a little bit to throw out there and uh yeah my bookie is the place to go Yep. Um, so with that, we're going to get on to previewing our games for this week. All right. And the first game that we're going to be previewing, uh, we, we kind of hinted at it before. It's the big one this week. The college game day will be there. Clemson versus Louisville. Um, haven't been able, we, we haven't been able to find any the lines yet for this week, so um, I think we're probably just going to pick, pick the games outright. Um, instead of going against the spread, um, we can kind of update that as it goes along. But um, number th number three team in the country, Clemson, obviously, um, like we said, that defensive line. Uh, I'm going to be very interested to see how they handle Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's basically the matchup I'm looking at for this game. Louisville's defense is okay, not nothing phenomenal, but that matchup of... Lamar Jackson, um, Jalen Smith has been pretty good so far this year. Des Fitzpatrick has kind of came onto the scene, but Jackson's their running game, um, and yeah, if they can stop Jackson's running ability, I think it's going to be hard for them to to get off passes back there. Um, so that that's what I'm really looking at. Yeah, I think another thing to keep an eye on in this game is the fact that Louisville's defense looks to be at times a little bit confused about what they're doing. Um, there were points in the game on Saturday against North Carolina where they just, they did not look like they were on the same page, um, giving up more yards than you would like to see. So I think, I think that's something else to keep an eye on. You know, like you said, the obvious matchup to watch is, is Lamar Jackson against this Clemson defense. So I think, um, I think there's room for Kelly Bryant and the rest of the skill position guys for in, for Clemson to take a step forward against this Louisville defense. Uh, the game is at Louisville. I was able to track down some of the opening odds. Um, 
I think what I'm looking at right here, the game opened at Clemson minus two and a half. So pretty close spread. Um, that's actually closer than I would have anticipated it opening. Um, I think this is, you know, this is a really, this is a tough game. I, my gut, my gut says to take Clemson minus two and a half, even though it's on the road, because I think that defensive line is really good. But I'm going to go Louisville plus two and a half because I'm just going to ride with Lamar Jackson because I wouldn't be a good team Lamar Jackson uh, member if I didn't. So I'm going to go Louisville plus two and a half at home. Hmm. Two and a half is a very tough line. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I want to take Louisville. I want to take Lamar Jackson. Um, they they weren't able to do it last year, but Clemson had Sean Watson, Mike Williams, Wayne Gallman last year. Still going to take the Tigers um, on the road. I just think that defense is too much uh, for Jackson and them to overcome. But uh, it, it, that, this is a tough game to pick. Um, it's kind of, you know, do you trust your offense or do you trust your defense? Um, but I'm going to take Clemson uh, minus two and a half on the road. Yeah, that's that's a tough um, one. Um, if just just a little hint for the listeners out there, this is not this is a game that I will not be putting money on. Um, we we pick, you know, we pick the high profile games on this show, which oftentimes are the toughest ones to pick. Um, if you are taking advantage of the MyBookie promo code, just a hint that there are better values in, you know, sometimes there's better values to find in the lower profile games. Just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, if you're looking for games to bet, wait for like Tuesday night action to come out where no there one's betting go. on those games. And then you can you can be a real degenerate. You can watch football on Tuesday nights and maybe make some money off of it. Um, but the next game we're going to be looking at is a high profile SEC matchup. Florida versus Tennessee. Um, not necessarily sure how much offense will be in this game for our sake, but it, it is uh, one of the only top 25 matchups this week. Nonetheless, not as good of a uh, week as, as last week in terms of the, the spread of games. Um, Florida, I'll be interested to see um, with kind of their, their whole team back for the most part, how they do. I want to see, excuse me, uh, Jordan Scarlett. Um, kind of see how he does. He's a guy I really like. Um, see how he is against that Tennessee defense. It's a pretty solid defense. Um, and then on the flip side, um, I'm, I'm looking to see John Kelly against Florida's defense. And Florida Florida does, does have a very good defense um, when everyone is healthy and not suspended. Um, and Marquez Callaway, who kind of broke out the first week against uh, Georgia Tech, which is a game we didn't get to recap, but um, that was a very good game if you didn't catch that. He didn't do as well this week, but Callaway kind of broke out, like I said, uh, after Jawan Jennings, who is a guy I think both of us like. Um, he's most likely out for the season with a wrist injury. Um, so I'm not really sure who to take here because neither offense is spectacular, but then again, neither neither defense really stands, stands out in my mind. I, I think Florida does have the better defense. Um uh, um, what do you have the line at for that game? Because I'm I'm leaning Tennessee right yeah, now. Yeah, I but... think you're probably going to keep leaning. I have it um, opening at plus eight for Tennessee. Okay, yeah, I'm going to take Tennessee, and I'd like to see Florida put up eight points before on offense before they're favored by eight. That's points. a home run comment right there. Um, yes. Yeah, I I kind of I I agree with you. Um, 
I think that Florida's defense is good as it usually is, but there's just so much uncertainty on that offense. I I honestly don't even know who's going to be starting at quarterback for them this week. Um, it could be Felipe Franks. It could be Malik Zaire. I don't know if um, the coaching staff even knows at this point. Um, they are scheduled to get their probably their two best offensive players back, like you said, in Antonio Callaway and Jordan Scarlett. It'll be good to get an eye on them, uh, get some tape on them for 2017 in live action. But if we're going, if we're picking the game at Tennessee plus eight, I'm also going to go with the Volunteers. Um, I just, I, I just don't know if Florida can score points, and I don't know if it even matters who they're playing at this point, which is, you know, kind of upsetting for the guys that we talked about before the season that we liked. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm also going to go Tennessee plus eight. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a late night game. I'm not sure how competitive this game will be, but it's two two teams that I think are pretty interesting nonetheless. Um, Stanford and San Diego State. What what do you have the line at uh, for this game? Give me one second. Let me scroll through and find it. Yeah, no rush. Sorry. No, no worries. I'm kind of okay. But, we got. Um, um, I have it at Stanford minus eight. Okay, so that's another game that's uh, that's actually closer than I thought it would be. Um, but for for San Diego State um, taking over for Donnell Pumphrey, obviously you'd think, oh, you know, who who can top this guy? But uh, Rashad Penny, who had over a thousand yards last year as well, pretty quietly, um, has been doing a great job filling in for him. Um, they beat Arizona State this week uh, by ten points at Arizona State, and Penny had two hundred sixteen yards rushing, uh, averaged twelve yards per carry, and he had 197 yards before, um, and Penny's no no small back like Bumphrey was. He's 5'11", 220. Um, I wrote him up for DLF. I think he's a guy that has an NFL future, albeit probably as a late-round guy because this year's class, um, while top-heavy, uh, I don't think he factors into that top of the class. So Penny, um, as shown this week, you can run on Stanford if you're, you're a capable back, which I think he is. Um, you know, Carr and Jones, like we said, torched them pretty well. But um, San Diego State as a whole, their offense isn't phenomenal. Um, Christian Chapman, their quarterback, while okay, is more of a game manager type, and they don't really have a whole t- whole lot of weapons, and they're a run-first team. So I'm assuming it'll be a low-scoring game, kind of come, come down to who's better in between the trenches, and I think Stanford kind of has that advantage. Um so I'm going to take Stanford plus eight, but just kind of uh, 
you know, for your late night game this week, that, that that's a game that I'm I'll probably be watching. Not your high scoring late night game like you're used to, but an entertaining one nonetheless. Yeah, that's a great matchup. Like you highlighted, the uh, San Diego State run game against uh, recently torched uh, Stanford run defense. But in my opinion, Stanford is is more than eight points better than San Diego State on a whole. Even though it's a road game, it's you know not always good form to take um, a road favorite. And like you said, it's a late night game. Weird things happen at ten thirty games, but. I'm also going to go Stanford minus eight here. Um, I I'm really I've just really been impressed with what Bryce Love has done, filling in for Christian McCaffrey, like we've said, and I think that he has a chance to continue that streak. I think that Stanford's offensive line, um, while they may have underperformed a bit against USC, I think that they get back on the right track against uh, a lesser opponent in San Diego State, um, a lesser talented defense, I should say. Um, so I'll take the Cardinal minus eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Pac-12 uh, game we're going to be looking at this week is uh, an, pretty another interesting, uh, actually, like I said, Pac-12 team, but going up against another Mountain West opponent, uh, Oregon and Wyoming. Um, Oregon played Nebraska this week, and for the most part, they were blowing them out for all of the first half, and then they got shut out in the second half. Um, they were up 42-14 at halftime, and... Nebraska came back, but ultimately lost 42-35. to 35. Um, Justin Herbert, their quarterback, has been very impressive their first two games. Uh, threw for 365 yards and three touchdowns this game. Royce Freeman, who um, is another one of the top backs in this year's class. 29 carries, 153 yards, two touchdowns. And Charles Nelson has put up two good games in a row. This game he had uh, over 100 yards, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I'm not sure if he's still playing both ways. Last year he played both ways, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but he's a guy, like I said, plays both ways. Um, he also gets rushing attempts, has already five attempts on the year. Um, and all right, 99 yards his first game, but pretty close to 100 yards. So a little bit of an intriguing prospect there. Um, and Josh Allen and the Cowboys. Uh, Allen bounced back this week. Um Played a lot better than he did against Iowa. 22 for 32, 328 yards, two touchdowns. Um, while I I don't think um, the team around Josh Allen is talented enough to keep them in this game, Oregon's a team I really like this year. Um, I think seeing Allen go up against um, a Pac-12 team is something that we need to watch if you're interested in the NFL draft and the future of these players. Um, you know, and watching Oregon is fun. So this is definitely a game that I'll, I'll be watching and monitoring pretty closely because when Josh Allen has gone up against Power 5 competition in the past, he struggled. So if he can kind of put this game, put it all together, this game against a big team, lead them to an upset, I think that's something that will get a lot of scouts' attention. Yeah. Um, I have this game opening at Oregon minus 14. Um Kind of like you hit on, uh, Oregon's Oregon's defense is not that good. Um, they they played well in the first half against Nebraska last week, but then, like you said, they kind of let uh, they let Nebraska storm back. Even though Tanner Lee was was really not impressive at all, they they let them get back into that game. Um, although I've kind of dogged on Josh Allen so far this year, I am 
I, I believe that he is a better quarterback than Tanner Lee. So I think that Josh Allen, I guess that's not saying much, but um, I think that Josh Allen um, can cut up this Oregon defense to a certain extent. But like you said, Justin Herbert has been playing pretty out of his mind up to this point. Um, extremely efficient so far, almost 78% completion percentage, um, 12.6 AYA through three games, or through two games, excuse me. So he's been super efficient on his throws. Um, and Royce Freeman, a guy that we've been, I feel like has been at Oregon for six years now. Um, great opening to the season, 150 yards in back-to-back games. Looks to be back to his old self that we saw two years ago. And I think that he has an opportunity to kind of explode in this game. Um, the game is at Wyoming. Uh, just kind of a kind of a strange setting. Oregon going on the road, not far, but going on the road. Um, this is a big spread for an away favorite, but I, th- I just think that Oregon can outscore Wyoming. Um, I think Josh Allen will look okay against this defense, but I don't think he can do enough. Um, so I think we agree again. I'm going to take Oregon minus 14 on the road. I'll take Oregon outright, but I I can see this game getting into a shootout and maybe Allen throwing a late touchdown to to cover. Um, so I'm going to take Wyoming minus 14, the Ducks outright, but um, we need to differ a little bit. So I think uh, if this is if there's one to differ on, I think it'll be um, Josh Allen putting up some points and keeping them in the game, and it's at home. But two two uh, back-to-back games with Pac-12 teams traveling to Mountain West opponents, which pretty odd you don't see that a lot um changing up a little bit we're gonna head down south um lsu mississippi state um lsu number 12 team in the country but i feel like they don't get talked about a lot um not not slept on necessarily but they obviously have one of the best players in the country in darius geis um geis was productive again this week had 102 yards and two touchdowns um and danny etling has been serviceable, which means LSU can field an offense, and if they can field an offense, they can compete in the SEC West. So as long as Etling can kind of keep doing what he's doing, I'm intrigued with LSU this year. Um, But the team I kind of want to talk about more is Mississippi State. I think they're a pretty underrated team this year. Um, They beat Louisiana Tech 57-21 this week. The only reason you probably saw that game was because um, Louisiana Tech lost 87 yards on one play, um, which was something else. But they have two guys that I like a decent amount in quarterback Nick Fitzgerald, who has continued what he was doing from last year um, after he rushed for over 1,000 yards and also passed for over 2,000 yards um, in his first two games. Um, well, this game he rushed for 111 yards and uh, only passed for 124 yards, although only 100, uh, excuse me on 18 attempts, and then first game, um, 239 yards, two touchdowns. But this team's put up 49 and 57 points in their first two games. Um, so he's a guy, I know he, he has odds on him for a Heisman, um, which for a team that's not talked about at all is pretty impressive. Um, that, that tells me they're an underrated team with a good offense. Um, and Arius Williams, who's a guy I've kind of been waiting on, I, I've had him on some really deep Debbie teams for a while, is finally getting the majority of the touches in the backfield. Um, he's 6'1", 217 pounds, redshirt junior, I believe. Um, had a, over 100 yards this week, 
um, a 28-yard reception, and then last week he had 83 yards and a touchdown. So kind of glad to see him breaking out. Um, this will be an interesting game, I think, just because it kind of pits each team's uh, strengths against each other with LSU's defense and Mississippi State's offense. Um, I'm going to lean taking LSU here just because they also have Darius Geis on offense. But um, I think this will be an interesting game. Uh, put it in the words of Lee Corso, probably probably closer than the experts think. The line I have is minus 6.5 for LSU, if that better informs your decision. That's probably I'll probably still take LSU plus six and a half, but I think it'll probably be, you know, within that seven to ten point range of a game. Um, yeah, you laid out the matchup pretty well. The only thing I wanted to touch on was the carry split so far for LSU has been kind of interesting. Darius Geis has forty two attempts, Daryl Williams twenty three, Nick Brissett eleven. So it's a little the distribution is a little bit more flat than I think that we might have anticipated going into the going into the season. Um, Geis, um, you know, it's he's still an extremely talented back. You know, there's no reason to start doubting him at this point, but they haven't relied on him as heavily up to this point. Um, and you also hit on Nick Fitzgerald for Mississippi State, who has been really productive throwing and running. I think this is another tough one. These, these games, um, in in Starkville are always tough. Um, I think I'm going to take Mississippi State plus six and a half at home. Um, I think that I, I'm still not entirely sold on LSU's offense. Like we said, Geis is there, but Danny Etling has been serviceable. Like you said, I don't know if he can be more than that necessarily. And I think Mississippi State can score in this game. So I'm going to go Mississippi State plus six and a half. All right, cool. That's a, that's a, I like that one. That's a good pick. That'll be a good game. Um, and the last game we're going to talk about, probably one that won't get a lot of attention. It's on ESPNU, but it's a game that I'm interested to watch. Um, SMU versus TCU. Um, like we, we highlighted on before, it's, uh, it's Cortland Sutton, obviously. That, that's the show for SMU. I think they're a team that um, in the coming years is going to be able to compete with Power 5 teams. Um, they're building a really nice program down there with Chad Morris. Hopefully he doesn't leave too soon before um, bringing SMU back. I think that would be one of the, one of the coolest stories in college football if uh, SMU became a relevant program and kind of became one of those teams that is competing to get in that uh, you know, Big 6 bowl game. Um, and TCU is a underrated uh, Big 12 team, I think. Obviously, they're, they're number 20 in the country, but not a lot of hype right now. Kenny Hill's been playing well for them. Their rushing attack's been really good. They got a couple of explosive receivers down there. Um, I, I think TCU will probably win this game pretty handily just because their defense is a lot better than SMU's, but I, I want to see Sutton go up against those um, the, those Big 12 cornerbacks, see if he could have played in the Big 12, like, like he probably should have been playing there. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I think that I kind of underestimated TCU's defense before the game last week against Arkansas. I thought Arkansas would be able to kind of handle them at the line of scrimmage, and we didn't really see that. I don't know if that's more of a uh, an indication of deficiency on Arkansas or not. I guess that's yet to be seen. But TCU looked really impressive um, on the road against an SEC team. Um, 
the line I have in front of me is TCU minus 21, which is a pretty big line. Um, I'll probably t- I'll take SMU then with the points because like like I said before with uh, Allen, I could see them sneaking in a late touchdown or two to kind of yeah, keep it interesting. I, Twenty-one points is a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I I think I, I think I'm also going to go SMU. Sorry to keep agreeing, but I think I'm also going to take the points. It's a road game, um, but that line seems a little bit high to me. If it was down around 17 or 16 or so, I think TCU would be viable, but 21 seems a little bit too high for me. Um, and, yeah, we're going to be watching Cortland Sutton, obviously, against a step up in competition, see if he can keep the train rolling. Um, it should, it's a sneaky good game. Um, I'm, glad that you, I'm glad you wanted to highlight that one. Yeah, um, so that'll kind of do it for the games we're previewing this week. We have a we have a couple upset. Uh, well, we each have an upset game we want to go over. Um, just looking at some of these lines, though, I'm I'm a little surprised with uh, Baylor is uh, plus twelve against Duke, considering they just lost two games in a row to UTSA, and uh, I don't even remember who they lost to the first game, but a team that was worse than UTSA, um, kind of. Their, their program is really on a downfall. Um, and the, the last, the other game I was surprised by is um, Oklahoma State is only favored by 11 against Pitt. Um, so those are two games that I'm kind of uh, was a little little surprised by the lines. But the uh, upset game I'm going to take is oh, where'd it go? Um, up. Oh, I'm going to take Middle Tennessee <laughs> plus nine and a half uh, against <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah. We're, we're agreeing with that one. Uh, I took them the first week, didn't work out. Um, that kind of looks like the obvious one to me, that they beat Syracuse this week, and Minnesota hasn't been doing all that hot. Um, but w- what do you like about them? Uh, I don't want to... No, I just like a lot of pieces on offense. Uh, quarterback in Richie James, obviously their wide receiver. Um, uh, their quarterback, Brett Stockstill, um, is another is another really good college quarterback. Could potentially be down the line a pro prospect at, at the lower level. Um and I think that 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 was scrolling through these lines uh, that just dropped a little bit ago. That was the one that really caught my eye. Um, so I'll agree with you on that one. But I also agree with you on the Oklahoma State pit line. Um, that seems a little bit low to me. I I could see this game is at pit, but I could see Oklahoma State winning this by three touchdowns potentially. Um, I I just. Their offense, to me, is one of is one of the best offenses in the country. Pitt gave Penn State more of a game than perhaps some were thinking they would. Um, I think that they have, you know, they they lost a lot from last year, um, and they obviously lost their offensive coordinator and their quarterback and their running back a ton off of that team. Um, I think they're better than we thought at first, but I am a complete believer in this Oklahoma State offense. I think that they can do whatever they want against just about anybody. Um, and my boy James Washington, I wouldn't be surprised to see him just go absolutely nuclear in this game. The uh, two other games that maybe uh, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable betting this game, but uh, Kansas is plus seven against Ohio. Um, that game and um, Colorado State, uh, if I can find it here real quick, against Alabama um, is plus 27. So I, I could see Colorado State covering that one. But um, 
I'd, I'd say besides that Middle Tennessee game, Colorado State's the one I feel most comfortable about this week. We'll wrap it up with that one. Uh, hopefully we have another exciting week like we had this week. Um, but that'll do it for this episode. Uh, for for Jordan, he's on, on Twitter at jhoover9787. And uh, you know I'm Kyle on Twitter at KylePollockFF. And I uh, hope you guys tune in again next week. Thank you for listening to the College Football Show, a Road of His Radio podcast. Our executive producer is Matthew Friedman. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at roadofhisradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His at a 30% discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. Pros have trusted it for over 50 years. But uh, why hire a pro when you can J.B. Weld it? J.B. Weld makes it easy to do yourself. We're proud to have J.B. Weld Adhesives as a sponsor. I personally know the owner. Hung out with these guys down at the uh, car show there. And um, I have all their products. What can I say? DIY projects, good, auto stuff, crafts, plumbing, marine, all the applications. I use a product to fix Sonny's tennis shoe, save myself some money. Stromer used it to fix his tray on his wet saw because he's doing some tile work. Different product, but all made by J.B. Well, J.B. Weld just acquired Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, Herculiner, has you covered. J.B. Weld, right, Dawson? J.B. Weld is available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advance Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, J.B. Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.